Good morning. It's Iowimala, and it's Thursday, March 11th. And it's still spring here. It hasn't gone back to winter, so that's a good sign. So this morning, I'd like to read a little bit from Collecting Gold Dust, which is one of Ashin Utejania's uh, books. We're contemplating using his books. We're going to vote on it. Probably I'll have the books all together to people this weekend. Uh, if we want to use his books or some of uh, the Eightfold Path by Bhikkhu Bodhi or several different books that we've got on our list. So the book group club is voting on that. So they're all fine books. So this morning I'd like to read, and this is Collecting Gold Dust, and this is in the chapter, the end of the chapter called Day to Day. And it just has such, it has some really lovely, very short, but great sections. And then we'll sit at the end, okay? So, and before I start, let me read just, and I uh, hope maybe you've memorized it so you can read along with me or recite along with me. May bodhicitta, precious and sublime, arise where it has not yet come to be. And where it has arisen, may it never fail, but grow and flourish ever more and more. So I'm just starting towards the end of one of the sections, the day-to-day. Feeling like being taken advantage of. It is very important that there is a right attitude when we are working in the world. Sometimes we may feel that we are being taken advantage of or being taken for granted. How different would it be if we thought these people were acting in a certain way because they didn't know any better. If someone were bullying you, it would be really tough to handle. You may get tense, agitated, or angry with the bully. What if you thought that this person was only inadvertently doing these things because she didn't know better? How would you feel then? You can better understand and forgive. Self-judgments. Bad is just a label. Don't label yourself that. When the mind is wholesome, the person is good. And when the mind is unwholesome, the person is bad. It's only for that moment, and that's always changing. Continue to practice and take your time. The fact that you are practicing shows that your mind wants to become better. And that means that the mind will become better. How do you experience silence? How do you experience the stillness of a garden or the woods? When doubt is strong in the mind, do not pay attention to these thoughts. Once we give attention to these kinds of thoughts, they suck us in and grow. We can anchor ourselves to feelings instead and not give any power to the conceptual thinking. Follow the same principle for other strong, unwholesome states. 
when we look at the feeling and discontinue looking at the thoughts, it will help the mind calm down. Then we can look at these thoughts and feelings together when we feel we're ready. Everyone has his or her own path, and there's a natural course that needs to unfold for each person. You can watch what's happening in the mind and understand it, but you can't force it. You may learn a technique at a retreat, but it is when you go home that you can apply that technique all the time. That's when your life changes. Preconceptions. How do you experience silence? How do you experience the stillness of a garden or the woods? I've asked different people this question. Fear comes up for some people. Youngsters tell me that they get bored when there's nothing to occupy them. As you can see, good or bad depends on the person experiencing it, depending on their preconceived feelings of it. There are tons of these accumulations that you have from childhood, and you really want to see these ideas have built up over the years. If these little preconceptions are seen properly, then the mind will no longer be disturbed by what is happening. If you continue to meditate regularly, there ought to be fewer and fewer attachments. Giving comes in different ways. The market where I had my shop was a very busy place. Lots of shops were lined up side by side with narrow alleys between them. Shopkeepers sent goods in and out with carriers who ran back and forth for the shopkeepers. People would run quite blindly, not caring who was in the way. I would get irritated whenever I had to get out of the way, which was quite often. I knew that people would run into me if I didn't move aside, but also became annoyed that I was the one who always had to be careful. This was a daily occurrence. When I began to practice continually, I became mindful of my irritation with this market situation. After being mindful of it regularly for a long time, I actually began to see it as a good practice to give space to these people to prevent accidents. And I saw moving aside as a practice of generosity. As I practiced day after day and mindfulness arose, good actions also followed. The aversion that accompanied the critical mind decreased. With aversion gone, I began to feel metta for these people. Different experiences, different reactions. When necessary, use every weapon you have in your arsenal. There will always be some kind of contact at the sixth sense doors. Don't follow any such contact. Just know the state of mind and stay with the knowing, observing mind. How does the mind feel or react every time there is contact at the sense doors? Is there a resistance? You may not necessarily let go and accept the situation initially, but that's fine because you are using this experience as a tool to develop skills in meditation. In daily life where wisdom may be weak, you want initially to pay attention to awareness. 
The mind can recognize the situation happening while awareness naturally collects data in the background. As awareness picks up more data from the experience and the picture becomes complete and wholesome minds grow stronger, you will eventually stop acting out of defilements. Let's say you're in a social situation and you have accidentally said something harsh because there was too much momentum to speak. Let awareness continue to know in the background while you're talking to others. At some point of seeing this whole process, awareness will have thought of a picture that wisdom can arise and resolve the situation. It is inevitable to make some wrong turns in daily life, but you have to learn how to profit from these experiences. Don't allow defilements to run freely or your situation will deteriorate. deteriorate. Imagine the alternate result if only delusion were operating. Perhaps that situation would become exaggerated. We have to recognize things for what they are. If the mind has a bad habit, we have to recognize that. There is awareness, so you're keenly aware of what goes through your mind. It takes time, and everybody has different characteristics. We all have faults, and we need to look at what is in our mind and know it until the mind realizes realizes that it doesn't want to be that way anymore. That realization will help you learn how to let go. We think that there are many people that we interact with in our daily lives. In fact, most of us will usually interact with a certain limited set of people over and over again. How do we work with this? How can we strategize so that we become skillful? So long as there is the intention to have the Dhamma in our lives, then it will become easier. Having these experiences is very important, and each experience gives you a life lesson. It's like playing video games, which I like to talk about with children. You work at it and reach the first level. You graduate to higher and higher levels and eventually win the prize. You know how to do this because you've got that experience. You know how you can win this game at this level. Of course, if you don't know how to learn from your experience, you don't get anything no matter how many life lessons come your way. Then he concludes, We all have faults and we need to look at what is in our mind and know it until the mind realizes that it doesn't want to be that way anymore. That realization will help you learn how to let go. Very nice, right? Very helpful. So I think he has a beautiful way of giving us these uh, just little ideas about how to work with what pops up in our lives. And so much of it is just letting go, relaxing. I was listening to a talk by Ajahn uh, Sumedho, 
who's the American uh, Thai forest monk, and uh, he he spends most of his time now, I think, in England, and he he uh, he's been doing more talks. He's getting much older, but his talks are very energetic and. Uh, but he's um, he what he talks about over and over again now is how important it is for us to just relax and let go and uh, let go of that pressure on ourselves and let go of uh, trying to achieve, trying to reach goals, but just to be uh, opening with that heart of open awareness and opening to bodhicitta. And uh, it seems like his attitude as he's as he's old, as he becomes older, he's seeing things, maybe in a way that just that he 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 mentioned in the talk I listened to yesterday. We have to reach a point where we're even where we even let meditation go, because we're doing it continually, and so it has to just become how we are in our daily lives, and so. That means even as we grow older, to try to keep that open heart and to try to keep that openness to the world and dealing with the changes and uh, just going with the flow. Being It's that old thing from the 70s from Ram Das, right? Go with the flow. And not in a way that means we're just letting go of any kind of uh, progress in our lives, but we're letting go of all of the the maintenance of everything that we think we have to take care of, everything that we think is precious, everything that we think is ours. And so Ajahn Sumedho Sumedho is talking more and more about that letting go, letting go of ego, letting go of things that are burdens to us, and just opening up. So I think... uh, Ajahn Tejaniya, Utejaniya, is telling us how to do that in very practical ways. I love the part about we end up sending metta to those people that we maybe have to step aside for every day and uh, think of it as generosity, like moving out of their way and letting them speed past us, right? And... uh, it begins as our gift of generosity, and then it ends up in being metta. So that's I, I love that example, maybe more than the others in today's reading. So why don't we sit with this now? You can just let it be a contemplation, let it just be in your mind, and we'll sit with that and the breath. So just be aware of the body breathing. And you're signaling your body that it's time to practice. So just allow your body to be awake and upright and relaxed.
And the body will want to be attentive if that's the way you want it to be, right? And your body recognizes the posture. to help you feel more grounded, if you feel like you're still a little unsolid, or your mind may be shooting off to other things. Just take a few deep breaths in and out. And go back to your normal breath, just being aware of your body doing what it does naturally. Just be with your breath. Let all of your sense doors be open. Only exception will be if you like to close your eyes and just let it cut out that one uh, very, sometimes very distracting input. So if your eyes are open, just let them be at a downward gaze.
Be aware of sounds just as sounds. Try not to add any judgment or any kind of critique of the sounds or desire for them not to be there. Be aware of fragrances, smells. Be aware of touch. Be aware of your clothes touching your body or how your body feels where it's sitting or how your feet feel on the ground. The stillness of the air if you're inside and the brush of the air against your skin if you're outside. The temperature the pressure of any contact your hands are making in your lap. Be aware of the taste in your mouth. And be aware of the thoughts in your head. Just be aware of thoughts coming and going. without a need to feed them with your attention. Like Sayadaw says in his talk that we that I just read, be more aware of the feelings that arise and let go of the thoughts for right now. The thoughts can manipulate us. Be aware of the feelings in your body. And now let's end with metta practice. Just begin and end your practice just with these phrases inside your head. May I be happy. May I be safe. May I be happy. 
May I be safe. May I be happy. May I be happy. May my loved ones be happy. May my loved ones be safe. May my pets and all of the creatures, all of the non-human creatures, that I have ever connected with and the ones that have been invisible to me, may they be happy, may they be safe. May all human beings and all non-human beings in this country be happy and be safe. May all humans and non-human beings in this country be happy and be safe. And now spreading metta out in all directions, above and below and in front and in back and to each side and all in between, just radiating like the sun, sending metta out to all beings throughout the universe. human beings, non-human beings, beings invisible to us. May all beings everywhere be happy and be safe.
May all of you have a beautiful day. Tomorrow I won't be doing a Facebook Live. I'm taking someone precious to the airport, and it'll be along uh, along there and back journey. So I will see you on Sunday. Thank you so much for sharing my practice with me. Take care.